안녕하세요, 여러분. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Motivate Korean podcast. My name is Ian, and I'm joined again today by my co-host, Jeremy. 안녕하세요, everyone. Welcome back. So, Jeremy, I wanted to talk to you today about a couple of different things, but I wanted to prompt it with an experience that I've been having lately. Okay. And I want to see what you think about that. All right. Because I'm sure you've got the same experience. Yes. So one of the many hats that I wear is coaching Korean people, not just Korean people, but mostly Korean people, on speaking English better. So I don't mm-hmm. like teach necessarily, but I, I help with people uh, understanding cultural differences and, and improving their English. And a lot of the time I speak Korean with my, uh, with my students. And so recently uh, I've been getting some questions from some of the people I work with That seemed strange to me. Hmm. Uh, okay. Well, you know, given the experience we've talked about all this, or given, given that we've talked about this stuff a lot, it's not that strange. But mm-hmm. to me, uh, without context, these are kind of strange questions. So one of the questions is, uh, how do I answer when English speakers ask me, how are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when my first thought was, well, I don't know, read the room. Like, say, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I've had the same question from my... students before they don't get it right and i did realize though through talking about it with them really you know in detail kind of over analyzing everything that it is kind of a tough question to answer especially with the perspective of being a korean speaker yeah because like the 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 word the description that i get from students about sharing their actual current status is Mm. right it's it's Mm -hmm. Like, a, it's burdensome to other people to talk about how I'm doing. What if I'm not doing well? Yeah. Or what if I'm doing well and they're not? I think maybe to translate that, it's almost like they're saying, it's too personal. Like, would you agree? Yeah. 부담, yeah, like, it, it makes me uncomfortable because it's too personal. Is mm-hmm. that kind 부담, of uncomfortable? means to be overwhelmed, I guess, or something is overwhelming. Not that it, it True. means to be yeah. overwhelmed. But. And then I thought, I had this other thought too, and I want you to kind of synthesize these things if you if you have any thoughts like popping out okay. <laughs> when you hear yeah, this. Yeah, I have one waiting in the chamber. All right, so I thought about myself on my Korean journey and mm-hmm. what questions I've asked the Korean speakers in my life who are very close to me or to you even. Mm-hmm. Uh, questions I've asked about like basic things that I just still can't quite wrap my head around. Yeah. Uh, or at least at those times, things I couldn't wrap my head around. And one of those things is... When Korean people, when I first meet Korean speakers, when they ask me if I've ever had kimchi before or <laughs> things like, mm-hmm. can you do, use you, do you eat spicy? Yeah. Can you handle spicy things or do you eat spicy food often? It's kind of hard to tell exactly which one they mean without some more yeah. context, but yeah. can you use chopsticks? So I get these kind of questions where I'm like, why would you even ask me that? Mm-hmm. And I get offended. Yeah. I got offended. Yeah. You know, like, all right, hold on. So I've, I've spoken Korean with you up until this point. We're at a Korean restaurant in Korea in a smaller city I don't live in. I've driven my car to this city to meet you with my other friends. We're at the Korean restaurant and I ordered in Korean and you're asking me if I've ever had kimchi. Do you know anybody who's never had kimchi and has done all mm-hmm. those things? Mm-hmm. So that initial reaction, why don't you pick up the ball there? Because you're smiling. I see you got something to say. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, we could start there and go back, I guess. But 
these questions that they ask, we interpret them. We as English speakers interpret them in a certain way. So your mind went to what you just said. Hey, I'm here. Don't you see that I'm here? Don't you see that I'm here and I have clearly done all these things and don't you think that eating kimchi is one of the things that would have led me to this point in my life, right? But this right. is very much the English way. The When I say English, I mean an English speaker's way of seeing the world. We tend to see the world in terms of subjects and objects. So I'll break that down here in a minute. And in Korean, there is a they tend to see the world in terms of, we'll say verbs for now, but I'll... I'll yeah. uh, I'll clear that up here in a moment. Um, so let me leave that at that. I'll talk. I'll come back to this in a moment and just say that I've had exactly the same experiences that you just <laughs> described, and I've had students ask me the same kind of questions. How do I answer? How are you? What what a weird question that is. And yeah, uh, on on both sides here, your reaction was being incredulous, like how could yeah. Uh, 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 right? But their reaction to how are you is. Uh, 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 right? Exactly. So both sides are having this sort of a brain short circuit um, when mm -hmm. they're presented with certain kinds of questions. So let's, uh, I think we can relate that back to this here. Now, here's the example that I've used to describe this to people before. Um, let's take the, the, a situation, let's imagine a situation in which I am with my son and we are at a pond at a park and there's some little turtles in the pond. Mm. And someone left a piece of an apple on the other side of the pond. And my son and I are watching it, and we see the turtle take a bite of the apple. Realistically, I imagine, in that situation, I would go to my son and say, oh, the, turtle, the turtle bit the apple, or the turtle ate the apple, or something like that, right? Yeah. The turtle ate the apple. Now, even when I say that sentence in English, the turtle ate the apple, right? Do you notice that intonation? The turtle ate the apple. There's a drop in intonation when we say the, the, the verb, right? Would you agree? Would you say this, say it the same way? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And even, even when I say it like not to children, right? Wow, the turtle ate the apple. Mm -hmm. Like those words, even if I said it quickly to an adult, mm -hmm. those two words are going to get a, like a tonal difference. Yeah. I'm sure emphasis. it's not actually a tone, but a pitch accent almost. Yeah. yeah. There's emphasis, emphasis. there's emphasis put on them, okay? That's the, yeah. the key here. Now, I imagine the equivalent situation with my son. If I were to be speaking Korean, I would say, ne," oh, right? And ne," <laughs> or, you know, "mogotta" to have eaten. So I'd be like, oh, ate it. The, I could add the words in like, "kobugiga oh, I could shove those words in awkwardly, but it, it's, it's just, you wouldn't need to because we are staring yeah. at a turtle. He's looking at a turtle. There's an apple in front of it. It took a bite. It's obvious that the turtle ate the apple, not that the apple ate the turtle. Exactly. Nobody would ever confuse that, right? Mm -hmm. So those words are redundant, irrelevant in that situation, and we just say, mogonne. So this is uh, the example that illustrates the most profound difference between Korean and English and therefore between people that speak English as a native language and people who speak Korean as a native language. English is focused on the subject and object, the doer and the thing that is done to. Mm -hmm. And Korean is focused on the action itself. 
So let's go back to our, uh, our students who both independently of themselves asked us the same question. <laughs> what do I say to how are you? How am I supposed to answer that question? Mm -hmm. What's the verb in that question, right? Are. To be, exactly. To be. Are, yeah. Right? Well, if we think of that verb in Korean, what, itta, right? It's like, means like exist, right? Exactly. Or like to be equal to. It doesn't really... Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not a one to one with to be. 어떻게 있어요? That is a very strange utterance in Korean, right? Yeah. I can't How even imagine that. How do you exist? <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I had a hard time explaining it to my student. I was like, "Well, you kind of uh, look at your current life situation yesterday and what's coming up tomorrow, and you make a judgment about whether that is a good or a bad thing." That's how I described yeah. it to him. He still yeah. didn't didn't get it very well. Um, but again, that's because his default way of interpreting that question is one that is focused on the verb or the, the action, the, yep. the, the predicate in the sentence, to use a grammar term, term. The part of the sentence that if you take it out, there's no more meaning left. Right. But in English, we not only include that, but we also have to include the subject and the object. So how are you in that setting? I'm clearly asking you that. Mm -hmm. And the, so I am the subject in my way of thinking, hi, I am going to ask this person something. I see this person here. I'm going to ask him, how are you? That, in that moment, I am, the, I am the subject and you are the object in my field of view, in my, um, in my living experience. Right. For the same reason, English speakers often will greet each other on the street. My, my father-in-law was just talking to me about this two nights ago. He was <laughs> saying how incredibly weird it was for him to say, how incredibly weird it was for people in America when walking down the street to look at him, smile, and say, hi. His first reaction was, do you know me? That was always his first reaction. He was so so caught off guard by it. Or like, do you like me? Why are you smiling like this? Are you like interested in me or something? Um, but in that situation, when he crosses their path, he is becoming the object in their living experience in their consciousness and so they feel a need to address him oh hi hi you i see you there you exist <laughs> you've entered yeah. my my memory and i'm going to remember that i saw you that kind of thing and the understanding uh in the other way if i replace your father-in-law with myself here you know mm -hmm. as a an alien in another country <laughs> mm -hmm. like this you know mm -hmm. a cultural alien is mm -hmm. I realized too, I think uh, similar to the way that you described that the turtle uh, and the apple, you know, just saying, mm -hmm. uh, there is sort of this shared cultural context between all native speakers of Korean where they kind of just mm -hmm. know what's being talked about. And yeah. this is in intertwined with the way the language works. Mm-hmm. This is intertwined with a lot of parts of the culture too. There are in in the Korean cultural sphere, there are only Koreans. And so yeah. it's difficult for them to, like you've described it as an operating system before, mm -hmm. it's difficult for them to recognize what's happening in a, like an outsider's brain, I think, at first. Well, that's probably why they use the term Weigukin so much. Weigukin. Um, to add a little story here, I went out to dinner with two, with my wife and another couple, and they're both Korean, but they both 
have lived here for a long time, so they both speak English and Korean fluently. Um, like, and we were out to dinner at a, a Korean restaurant in Koreatown, actually in LA, mm. and we were all talking amongst each other, and. One of them said, some, and uh, and the server was there. Uh, it was like a toge kui place, toge kui. Yeah, so good. Good stuff. Um, to, toge <laughs> is like clam, kui is what grill, like they grill clams and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it, here in in Busan, it's like assorted shellfish. You get like mussels. Oh, yeah. There's and There's a bunch abo. of stuff. Yeah, but it was it was awesome. Needless to say, but we're uh, but it's relevant because uh, the server will come and do the the. For you, yeah. Um, so he was he was doing the grilling for us, and so he's standing over the table while we're talking. And so it's obvious to me that he's listening to us, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, one of them made a comment saying like, "Well, no, Weigokinika, like well, you're a foreigner." And I was like, "Degokinikoten," and the the server guy just busted up laughing like and couldn't hold it back he's not supposed to really listen to us you know but right yeah he couldn't help it and um he started laughing to break that down i said ne gukin so wegukin is foreigner but i said ne gukin so the joke and why it was so funny to him was that i said i'm an i'm a domestic like ne gukin means a domestic like when you go to the airport and you go to the domestic line that's that means like the what residents of that country ne meaning yeah. internal inside the yep. um, ne there. So ne is someone who's from this country. Mm-hmm. And they were calling me Weigukin because we were speaking Korean and in the sphere of Koreanness and the language and the culture, I am Weigukin. I am from outside of it. We being outside. But in that situation, the joke was that, no, I was born here. You guys were all born in another country and I'm actually <laughs> from this country. And so it, it, that was the joke there, right? It's maybe yeah. hopefully I've, someone laughed at that i did at least so mm, i've got a funny short story too I, I took a boat here from busan to a mm. uh another large city called fukuoka which is a mm. city in japan and i mm. took a, a ferry from here to there one time mm. of course it's an international trip so we need to have our passports right so i'm the only non-korean on this boat Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we arrive in Japan, and of course, because there's boats coming from Korea, all of the immigration signs are in English, Chinese, Japanese, and Korean. Mm-hmm. So you see Hangul on the signs here. And we we arrive at the immigration gate. Most everyone on the boat was like elderly. I think they were there for like fishing or something. Okay, mm, because they were all dressed up for hiking, and they had you know they had their their like windbreakers on and looking mm-hmm. all cute. Mm-hmm. And they uh, get off the boat before me, and I see they're all in the in this line. And there's this frustrated Japanese person, young Japanese person who doesn't speak any other languages clearly, like kind of motioning to move to all these people who are standing in line. And I see the line that they got into said "negukin," mm. <laughs> and the other mm. one said "wegukin," and they, <laughs> <laughs> they were like "wegukin," you go that. Even though now they're in a new country, right? Like I'm not, yeah. I'm a, I'm not a foreigner. So, well, because the language. Well, the word wegukin. Exactly. Yeah. The 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 word wegukin is not a legal term among normal Koreans. Uh, uh, the word wegukin means means a, not an ethnic Korean. Yeah, that's really what the word means. Yeah, they have special words even for Koreans of other nationalities, like ethnic Koreans of other nationalities, don't necessarily get the wegukin label. All the time, mm-hmm. they might, but in general, they don't. This is—it's kind of a 
an ethnic term, I think, in a lot of ways. So anyway, the point of all these stories, right, and these kind of funny experiences we've had are to uh, express that there's this shared cultural context and this shared kind of understanding of how things are occurring around them from a Mm -hmm. Korean perspective that Mm -hmm. leads them to ask questions that don't make sense to someone who doesn't share that same context. Yes. Whereas in many Western cultures, actually in every... Every Western language, like European language, I mean, and even African languages, too, that I've studied or spent any time with, there's always some sort of question about the person's status when you meet them. How are Mm -hmm. you? What's the news? How are things going from Mm -hmm. Spanish to French to German to even Swahili? Mm -hmm. They ask they ask questions like what's going on? Whereas, you know, in Eastern cultures, specifically East Asian cultures, the first question people ask you pretty much always is whether or not you have eaten. <laughs> exactly. Or if you come down to Gyeongsangdo, where I live, But let's look at that, though. Let's, let's put the magnifying glass on that for a second. What are they asking? They're asking about an action. They're asking about a verb. They're not saying, hi, I see you. How are you? I want to know how you are. There aren't two. There isn't an object and a, a subject and an object there. There's only one thing, the thing in the center. That's the focus. I've used this uh, analogy before as well. In Korean, being in Korean, speaking Korean, being around Korean people, feels like we are all adding things to the table, something that's in the table like we're all sitting at a, at a dinner table, right? We're all putting things on the table to be talked about. Or right. everything we say is all in the center. Like we're making a big soup together. But in English, mm-hmm. it feels like we're, th- we're having a food fight. <laughs> we're throwing bits <laughs> of food at each other. One from me over to you and back from him over to me and that kind of thing. Um, and this is a really important difference to keep in the back of your mind while doing anything related to learning Korean. Uh, because it'll help things to make more sense. Yeah. And uh, one other like little linguistic thing, too, that I've noticed is that a lot of the questions about status or checking in with people are yes or no questions in Korean. Whereas in English, they're open-ended or non-polar. How are you? Mm. Right? Mm. What's up? Very good observation. But in Korean, mm-hmm. if, they, if you ask if they've eaten, mm-hmm. right? In your... Or down here, mm-hmm. the answer is only yes or no. Mm-hmm. Or if they, even if they tr- translate the, the phrase for how are you, is 잘 지내세요? Mm-hmm. Are you spending time well? I guess yeah, it's kind of, are, you in, are, you, are you passing time well? Is time passing you well? It's kind of hard to translate, but it means how are you. But it's a yes or no question. So And, and it's a verb. I think this fits really well into your uh, imagery there of talking about putting things on the table because asking yes or no questions still limits the conversation to the context of the table. Where yes. if you say, how are you? The person now has the freedom to go any direction they want. And that might yeah. not be where the same context that you're thinking about, mm-hmm. which is probably why in my, and probably your opinion, I see you, you're giggling over there. The, yeah opinion of us is that that's one reason subconsciously 
That questions like, how are you? Feel, even to Koreans who speak English very well, feel very 부담스럽다. Mm-hmm. Well, now I don't know what's going to make you feel uncomfortable. I don't know what your table looks like. I don't know if we're yeah. sitting at the same table. Ah! Yeah. And you get the audio message, yeah. the error <laughs> message, yeah. you know, the blue screen of death. Bang. So this is really important, but I don't want anyone to get super caught up in this right now. You don't need to go out there and try to learn this or, or apply it in any way. In fact, this will probably sit in the back of your head. And then later on, you will be less confused by things that you would have otherwise been perplexed by. Um, so it just needs to sit in the back of your head. But I think what is important about it is to know that there will also be a consciousness, a change in your cognitive patterns. Your brain will change as you get used to thinking in a Korean way. And this feels to me like getting two eyes. We, have, we all have two eyes, the majority of the world, right? The majority of living things have two eyes because it gives us depth perception. And in a 3D world, depth perception is very important for making, for grabbing things and, you know, climbing trees and all the things that animals and humans have had to do for centuries. So cognitively speaking as well, in the, in the realm of the mind, it is important that we also have two eyes to be able to see where we're going and i believe that there are great gains to be had and changes and uh, things to uncover for those who go about this this language learning journey of learning korean and stick with it to the point that they change yeah so this contextual awareness is is sort of the other eye that english speakers monolingual english speakers are lacking And just to give before we before we say goodbye for the day, just to give you all, I think, one practical application for this knowledge, because, you know, it, it might be confusing and, and something that should sit in the back of your mind. But one active, practical, proactive thing you can do with this knowledge is talk about these differences yes. with your language exchange partners. Yep. Be like, you know, when you when you speak, because I do this still with my students or uh, with my uh you know, my language exchange partners sit down and just say, you know, in my language, we do this a lot. Isn't that weird? Mm -hmm. And they'll say, yeah, I've never thought about that before. Yeah. And you are building a deeper relationship and a deeper understanding and a more detailed, you know, personal, interpersonal dictionary with that person by talking about how your table looks from your perspective. Mm -hmm. And uh, over time, this will help you to speak more like they do. Because the, I noticed there were a lot of ling linguistic mistakes that I made. Not linguistic, but I would say things in a weird way. I would get mm -hmm. frown, you know, f furrowed brows and confused looks on people's faces. And later on, I came to realize that I was, yeah, that I was saying things in a very strange way for them. Just like, how are you? Is strange for them to try to understand as well. I was speaking too much in an English way. Um, so this will also help you to avoid some of those mistakes so everybody we hope you avoid those mistakes we hope you take this uh this you know experience we've had and and uh process it for yourself talk about it with the people in your life that you're sharing your culture with or learning their culture uh and uh you know let's keep learning korean 
So if you uh, would like to get in touch with us to talk about your experiences that you've had, any awkward or funny or interesting experiences you've had while learning this amazing language, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at motivatekorean.com. Check us out on Instagram at motivatekorean. Of course, our YouTube channel, if you are not watching this on YouTube, is Motivate Korean. <laughs> And we also have some courses available that you can check out at motivatekorean.com slash Korean courses if you want to learn Korean with us. So it was great uh, having this chat with all of you. And uh, we hope to hear from you soon. See you later. Bye, everyone.